Pancakes! Pancakes! No pancakes. Pancakes! No pancakes! Pancakes, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) This is Exploited, the show where we talk about exploitation and cult films. This is our second episode for this week. I'm Alexis Jowski. And has anybody seen my leg skin? I appear to be missing it. Oh, you just now noticed? (laughs) Yeah, I just noticed like a second ago in the bathroom. I'm Kevin Daly. (laughs) And this week, we're talking about Cabin Fever, 2002, directed by Eli Roth. Known someone a long time, and you just want to kiss them just to see if they're a good kisser or not. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Stay. I feel nauseous. <laughs> well, it's not funny. <gasps> Can you help me? No, 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 no. She's not coming near me! You're crossed off! You guys gonna kill each other now? You don't look so hot. Help me. I need need a doctor. I don't wanna get sick! I don't want any of us getting sick! We just don't wanna get it. I see what we got here right now. He's coming towards us! Alright, back off. He looked like he was skinned alive. The party man. Is it safe? Yeah, who we haven't talked about since way back after episode one. Yeah, I don't know. What episode are we on now? Like 80? Yeah, this is episode 80. 80.5? 80.5, yeah. So that means we've got. That means we've gone like 160 movies without doing any Eli Roth. <laughs> but I've started to realize, especially with Cabin Fever, I really don't like Eli Roth. It's the movies. Oh, I, you know, I don't hate it. Well, that's, there's a there lot are of things, problematic there are things, shit in this movie. There are some things I do not like about it. Uh, this particular one is, is worse than the last one in, yeah, in um, ways. Hostel <laughs> but, yeah. has the same problems that Cabin Fever has. Which we'll point I haven't out. Seen Ho- I haven't seen Hostel in years. I saw it when it came out in the theater. I, I remember liking it. We still might do it. I mean, we're still going to do Thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, we have to do Hostel eventually, I feel like, because we have to do, like, torture porn. I torture like porn as a genre. Yeah. Cabin Fever, let's look at the cast here. We get Ryder Strong as Paul. Um, his big claim to fame is he was Sean Hunter in Boy Meets World. Oh, that's what I recognize him from. Yeah, he's the best friend. And he was just coming off of Boy Meets World, and and this is what he chose to do? This is, well, this is like his, uh, this is his Speedway Junkie. This is his Speedway Junkie, which I told you I found I got that on DVD for free. I saw! <laughs> Somebody was just fucking giving shit away at the laundromat, and it was like, what? what's this one DVD you have? And they're like, 
Holy shit, it's fucking Speedway Junkie. It was the only DVD he had. It was mostly like children's toys and baby clothes. And then a fucking DVD for Speedway Junkie. They're like, I gotta have the fucking copy of Speedway Junkie. It's got a director's commentary on it. Oh, that would have been useful for when we did the show. Right? Yeah, well, I also would have to fucking rehook up the Blu-ray player to, to listen to this director's commentary. Yeah, well, I guess there's that. Yeah. We also have Jordan Ladd as Karen. Uh, we might see her if we do Hostel 2 or fucking Air Collision or Gregor Aki's Nowhere. But we are definitely going to see her next year in the movie Grace, which okay. I'm going to keep my lips tight about that one. Let's <laughs> see the... Uh poster for it that looks intriguing oh it is an intriguing movie also club dread yeah that does sound like something we would do a broken lizard we should do a broken lizard week that would be interesting that would be interesting then we have james DeBello as bert we previously saw him in swim fan episode 72 yeah we have serena vincent as marcy uh before this she did not another teen movie she also did a movie in 2006 called Sasquatch Mountain. And why haven't we done Sasquatch Mountain? I, that seems like something we should have done. Yeah. We get Joey Kern as Jeff. Um, he did a 2006 movie called The Sasquatch Gang. Why haven't we done The Sasquatch Gang? Are we, uh, we got Sasquatch exploitation coming up, don't we? It's like. That's on, the, that on the docket now. That's on the docket now. Those two are going to be paired together at some point in the future. Uh, we get Ari Verveen as Henry the Hermit. Um, he was in Thin Red Line in Sin City. Uh, I barely, you know, thin, honestly, Thin Red Line. I saw Thin Red Line. I don't still have a fucking clue what that movie was actually doing. Oh, fucking, I hate that that filmmaker. Uh, Terrence Malick. <laughs> fucking pretentious shit. I just, movie made no sense. Uh, Sin City's great, though. Oh, yeah. Then we get Giuseppe Andrews, his deputy Wilson. Now this guy, he's been in some movies. He was in Independence Day, Never Been Kissed, Detroit Rock City. But he also works as a director. And his work as a director is like Cinema Verti meets Exploitation, John Waters, and Harmony Corinne. He's made many, many, many movies. None Probably, of which we've seen. <laughs> none of which we've seen yet. <laughs> I think they're mostly like, shorts, but these titles... Uh, who Flung Poo, Gwonk, Sex Acid, Cat Piss, Pregnant with a Swastika, Hobo <laughs> I mean, Robot Paradise Slob. A week of shorts might actually be kind of an interesting thing. That would be an interesting one, but we'd have to track down these shorts. That might be kind of hard, but yeah. it's an interesting idea nonetheless. And then finally, Eli Roth has Grimm. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So, um, before we get into the movie, uh, make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast. Tell your friends, help get the word out. You know, give us a good review, a five stars, some leg skin, whatever you're tossing out there, we'll take it. Yep, yep. I, I need, I need more. So. <laughs> yeah, you can check us uh, more episodes at our website www.exploititpodcast.com. That's also where you'll find the link to our Exploited Discord, where we do watch parties every Thursday. We did Rabid on Thursday. <laughs> that was one of our episodes this week. Yeah, next week we're doing um, a movie. I, I'm not going to pull up that schedule right now. Yep, there will be movies. Yep. 
You can follow us on Instagram at exploitedpodcast or descend into the depths of hell on Twitter. Yeah, uh, exploitit, going to give it to you there. Yep, at podcast exploit. Or contact us at exploitedpodcast at gmail.com. So this movie starts with really, really quiet opening credits. That made me stop yeah. and check my audio. Yes. Okay. I'm not the only one. All right. Yes. That's why I did that too. And even though there were like birds chirping, I thought that was just like real life birds outside my window. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, is that part, it's like that part of the, part of the movie. You have to imagine this in a the theater. Does somebody let a fucking bird in here? Um, it wasn't even until we got to costume design that there's some ambient noise and like flies buzzing. So I'm like, okay, the sound is working. Uh, the music credits state that uh, there's three different themes by Angelo Badalamenti, who he does a lot of David Lynch films, is mostly how I know him. But we've heard him before because he did the Wicker Man remake. Yes. And after the credits, we go to this nice, pretty, serene woods and a lake. We come to see some dude carrying around a dead raccoon, and he, he walks up to the deadest fucking dog in the world. Right. The most obviously dead dog in the history of dead dogs. <laughs> it's stiff. Its eyes are open. The, the tongue is out all bloody. The, the dog's flies, like... <laughs> flies fucking everywhere. It's like been gutted and bleeding everywhere. And he's like, hey boy, hey boy, I got you this raccoon. Hey, hey, get up. Hey, are you okay? And uh, that's about it for that scene. <laughs> I mean, he like lifts up the dog's leg and it's like, ooh, it's coming apart blood yeah shit that's it um and then we get like woo hey no more fucking finals college kids on break and we get marcy you know sticking her head out of this truck to shout at some kid eating ice cream don't stay in school college is a lie i mean it's somebody at least knew yeah and there's hard rock oh go ahead a lot of of, uh, student debt would have been saved if uh people had listened to to Marcy here. Marcy is vice, yep. <laughs> yeah, we get some hard rock music in the background, and this definitely does feel like the director of Hostel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, He's got this thing with uh, fucking college kids doing stupid shit, right? Oh, yeah. Well, Hostel, the whole plot of that is a bunch of college kids traveling Europe on a pussy hunt. Yep. Uh, Green Inferno. <laughs> college activists. And here we have these kids. Yeah, they're, they're on a... Uh... Some sort of break. Some sort of break. Springish break. I mean, they just took finals. So it could be... I mean, it really depends, like, their school schedule and stuff. It could be middle of spring, you know, like, summer break. Yeah, if they're on a quarter system. Yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah, well, definitely ain't winter break. Who the fuck would go to these woods in the winter? And so we got Marcy and Paul are up in the front. Paul is the, like, 40-year-old Euro-trash-looking boyfriend. He definitely looks like Euro-trash. That is, that is 100% accurate. And then in the back seat, we got um, Paul sitting in the friend zone with Karen. Yep. And then their fifth wheel, Bert, who is the worst fucking person ever. <laughs> I, Bert's not... Okay, yeah, Bert's pretty bad, but compared to other characters that of the archetype he fits in... He's our Shelly? Yeah, he's our Shelly, right? Like, he's that character. If you view this as a slasher movie, which it, it's not, but it is, right? Yeah. He fits into that archetype. He yeah, is. He's not as bad as some. Um, and, like, uh, Marcy... He's shitty. Oh, he's shitty. 
Marcy asks, like, Bert, you got any more smokes? And he's like, no. But then he shows Paul that he's palming this pack of Marlboro Lights and they have a laugh over it. And I'm like, why? You know? Well, why maybe, they're just a, maybe they're just annoyed with Marcy's shenanigans. I mean, she's up there trying to like give her boyfriend a handy while they're driving. They're like making out and shit. Maybe Birch has had enough of her. Yeah. And so they stop at this shop in the middle of nowhere. They get this kid, Dennis, long blonde hair, just sitting there with his fucking grape soda. I think the kid's on the spectrum. Yeah, he's definitely got a different world uh, view. Yeah. And some. As they're pulling up, did you notice the music playing? Yeah, it's from Last House on the Left. Yeah. And I'm like, God damn it, I can't escape that fucking movie, can and I? And the road leads to nowhere. And Paul sits down next to the blonde kid with absolute child predatory behavior. Yeah. He is like thigh to thigh with this kid, puts his arm around him, and is like, put her there, sport! Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, Spectrum or not, you're gonna get hurt, kid. <laughs> I mean, kid bites them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but why? Yeah, why would you even do that? Yeah, that's just creepy. Even if you thought the kid was just like some kid, like just who, hanging out, like, who, why would you bother? Who approaches a kid that way? I mean, why not just be like, hey, how's it going? Like, as you're pulling up, like, walking out to the kid, like, hey, wave at him or something, like, yeah, and then the shop owner, who I guess is Dennis's dad, yeah, comes out and is like, everyone knows not to sit next to Dennis. That mongrel will give you tetanus. And also, doesn't say anything about, like, what the fuck are you doing, like, sitting on my kid's lap and putting your arm around him? And then Jeff is an absolute asshole. He's like, you should put up a sign I, that somebody could sue you. Yeah, which, when he, later in the movie... <laughs> they do have a sign. They do, in fact, have a sign, which I thought was really funny. And so Paul, being the smart fucking person that he is, decides instead of going to a sink to wash his hands, to go to this fucking dirty-ass disease stream. Less diseased than it will be. Yeah, but still, like... Still pretty gross. You're at this shop that, that probably has a bathroom, or a sink of some sort, gonna walk out to this fucking dirty-ass crick? And then put random rare dogs that run up to him. Oh, yeah. This is fucking rando dogs. Like, yeah, I'm gonna pet these rando fucking wild dogs. And then inside the store, we get this fucking crazy Santa man. The storekeeper that's just talking about glasses. And he's like, some lady came in here, broke all my Shirley Temple glasses. I took her in the back and gave her some coke and some ammonia. <laughs> the kids are like, yes, that's nice, old man. And they joke about, let's buy fox piss. And he's like, don't drop the fox piss! You summon all the foxes! Because yeah, I guess they use that during Hunting. fox season. Yeah. yeah but... Well, they ask, like, what's the fox urine for? He's like, that's for foxes. And then Marcy's like, what's the rifle for? Interested in some really good glassware that's cheap, but it's an antique. Some of those bottles up there are dated before the Civil War. And over there, I used to have in that empty space, I used to have some of the prettiest Shirley Temple bottles I've ever seen. And this woman came in here with the palsy, the poor soul. She thought they were so cute, and she reached for them and knocked them every one down and broke them all to damn pieces. So I took her in the back and gave her some coke and some ammonia. I thought she was going to have a spell. We should get something for your mom here to say thanks. 
How about some fox piss? Yeah, my mom would love fox piss. Oh, Lord, don't drop that. I tell you what, if you do, that's powerful stuff. All the foxes in this community will come down here. You'll have friends you've never had before. Y'all here for a vacation? Yeah, yeah, we're renting a cabin for about a week. Oh, that's nice. Well, enjoy your little slice of heaven. And if you go in the woods, be very careful. Why? What's in the woods? Hey, Tommy, get those kids their sandwiches back there. They're all wrapped up. So, uh, what's the fox urine for? Oh, that's for foxes. What's the rifle for? Oh, <laughs> that's the niggers. Okay, let's see. Let me figure those sandwiches now. I think we're about ready to get y'all out of here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> racism is what it's for. He drops kind the of? N-word. Yeah. Uh, it it definitely sounds racist, but it's actually part of a setup for a very weird punchline at the very end of the movie. That's not worth it. <laughs> no, it really isn't. And it's still kind of racist. Yeah. So they like, oh, let's pay, <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, give Clan Santa our money and get the fuck out of here. But Bert, being the asshole that he is, tried to steal a Snickers bar? Yeah, they spent like a billion dollars on booze, but fucking Bert tries to palm a Snickers bar. Yeah, and he's like, I'm sorry. I was hangry. <laughs> I think he just must be a fucking klepto. That was, or he that just was... must be the worst person in the room no matter where he goes. Yeah, he's got he's to gotta show it off. He's like, man, this guy's racist. How am I going to top that? How am I going to top racist? I guess I can try to commit a crime. Yeah. And so, uh, they they drive through some mud. Uh, at one point, Bert's like, I left my mom's apple juice back at the store. Like, he wants a fucking juice box or something. Uh, maybe it was a mixer. Oh, that would know. make sense. Like, mom's special cider. Yeah. But Jeff and Marcy, once they show up at the cabin, Jeff and Marcy immediately set about fucking. Yeah, they're, they're horny as shit. I don't... Good for them, I guess. They just walk right in, find the first bed, and just all over each other. Paul walks in and he's like, "Ah, oh, uh, safe sex." Yeah, we're gonna go down to the oh, uh, uh, safe sex. <laughs> yeah, and then they also see that Bert's watching, like two feet away, with binoculars. <sighs> yeah, and then Bert proves that he's even more of an asshole because he gets this rifle. Like he says, it's a BB gun, but this thing's a twenty-two, and he's like, "I'm gonna go kill squirrels." That. That rifle is whatever the scene needs it to be. <laughs> yeah, it is. It could be a shotgun in other scenes, too, you know? But he's like, I'm going to go... One of the other scenes. It's <laughs> like, I'm going to go kill squirrels. Why? Because they're gay? And I'm like, okay, I hate you forever, Bert. And he's like, no, I'm just kidding. I just I like killing. Gay or straight, I kill him either way. And so Paul goes on a walk, walk with Karen, and we learn that Paul's got that fucking... In selling the friend zone entitlement. So interesting about because obviously this is the this is the case with both of with this movie and with uh, Green Inferno. The 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 kids use gay as a as a slur, right? They do that in Hostel terribly too. <laughs> but what year? I mean, you have to think about what year these movies came out, right? Like. This was pretty common for high school and college kids in that era to use that kind of slang. Yeah. Doesn't make it right, though. No, but at least it's period accurate. Yeah. 
it's still just very uncomfortable. It is very uncomfortable. Like, I'm going to kill squirrels because they're gay. Like, fuck you, Bert. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got to, you got to, it's like wrestling. You got to put him over as the heel. Yeah. But Paul, with his um, friend's own care, and he's like, how long have we known each other? Um, like, since seventh grade, you know? So, like, I'm entitled to your affection now, right? Yeah. Like, fuck you, Paul. <laughs> well, you know, they always say that guys can't have friends that are girls if they're not interested. Yeah, and uh, Karen's just trying to change the subject. She's like, race you to the raft. And we get an odd series of shots here. We get Bert trying to kill squirrels. Uh, Jeff and Marcy fucking. Then we get Bert peeing. Uh, Jeff and Marcy fucking again, and she rolls him over and starts pegging him. Where did, oh, like, all right. Hey, you know what? Do you guys. I'm yeah. joking. Have fun. Yeah, no, no judgment from me. Yeah, have fun, kids. Like, you know, I'm glad you found somebody to uh, enjoy the things you enjoy with. Just don't let Bert know. Right. Yeah. So uh, Karen starts talking about some guy named Ken that tried to kiss her, and she was like, it's gross. And Paul's like, because you've known him so long or because he's, he's gross? You know, like, he's still trying so hard to break out of this friend zone. So a little tip for all you guys out there. The girl knows if you like her. Just yeah. Saying you. she she's well aware of how Paul feels about her. It's not like, oh, it's a secret crush he has. Like he, she fucking knows. She knows. And then she just she, but she sends mixed signals cuz she's like, you haven't it's known gross. someone for so long and you want to kiss them. And they do kiss. Yeah. And then she just rolls off the raft and starts swimming, and Paul's like, well, are you like me not? It's a day? Uh, what are we doing? And she goes, don't be gay. I'm like, yes, he wants to kiss you, girl. That's. <laughs> are you implying something, miss? Are you, in fact, not female? Yeah, like... Do you not identify as a woman? <laughs> Does Paul not identify as a male? <laughs> yeah. Are we implying things? I don't... I don't know what that's about. Because <laughs> you're not presenting that way, but I'm not going to judge. I mean, I'm not assuming anything, but... This don't be gay. That's just sending a, all, a bunch of, asking a bunch of questions, really. Yeah. Then Bert uh, decides to start a fire and walk away. Yes. This is the dumbest thing he does. Well, yeah, this is, no, this is still the dumbest thing he does in this movie. Where he pours all the, the fucking uh, lighter fluid around the fire pit. It, around the fire pit in the middle of a forest, you know, this, as somebody who lives in Southern California where we have forest fires on the regular, uh, this is how you start forest fire. Yeah, and he just walks away from it. He just goes, ha, fire. And then he tries to kill some more squirrels, but instead he shoots a fucking dude. Yes. This is the scene where it needs to be a BB gun. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's what the scene needs. It's a twenty two and he's trying to kill squirrels. It's a BB gun when he, to, when he accidentally shoots this dude. It's a shotgun later on. Yeah. Just, yep. But he shoots this guy, Henry the Hermit, who's like, ow, I'm very sick. I, my face is falling off. I need water. And uh, Bert's like, ah, uh, no. And kicks him into some ditch and runs away. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Oh, I'm so sorry, man. What? What did you do to me? I thought you 
something else. I, I, I oh, fuck! Are you all right? I'm, I'm sick. I need help. Um, I'll get you some help. All right? I'll be, I'll be right back. I got a car. Oh, uh, fuck. Oh, please. Help me. Fuck. I'm sick. I need water. Just, just lay down. Don't move, man. Water. I'll get you water. Just, just stay right. Don't, don't, don't come near me, okay? Stay your cabin. there, man. Is that your cabin? No. Just stay Let's there. Please stay there. Don't make me fucking shoot you, man. Just stay the fuck back, please. Fuck. <laughs> Like, you shot this incredibly sick man, and now you're just going to run away? I mean, knowing what we know now... Yeah. I mean, that's not that's a good decision, but... But also, Bert's a terrible fucking human. But sometimes terrible people make good decisions. And so when he gets back up, Jeff and Marcy are giving him shit about the fire. And they're like, yep, as they should. The fuck is wrong with you? And he's like, what are you, Smokey the Clown? They're like, don't you mean Smokey the Bear? Whatever. You know, he's just so casual, you know, just left some dude to die alone in a ditch, but, you know, whatever. Why did they even invite this fucking guy? Are they friends with him? I don't know. I mean, he's Shelly. Come on. Yeah, they're sitting around the campfire roasting marshmallows, and, like, Bert's burning up marshmallows, like, vomiting marshmallow everywhere. Yep. <laughs> Bert, Bert is a fucking... Yeah, he's he's an idiot. And Paul is being pressured to tell this this story about this traumatic thing that happened to him, which it didn't really. He tries right. to, to to steal other people's trauma here. He's got like he he's like third degree trauma. Like he's <laughs> he's he's separated by a couple of uh, a couple of instances of trauma. So he's like, there used to be this bowling alley at the place where he'd visit his dad called the Brighton Bowl, and then one day Dad's like, oh no, the bowling alley's closed. And we see some of this as flashback. Yeah. Which looks like flashbacks from another fucking movie. <laughs> Maybe it was. Maybe it was another movie that uh, Eli Roth was working on that he had footage of. He's like, well, fuck, I'm just going to use it for the something. Yeah, and so a robber broke in, tied up all the staff and chairs, put them in a circle, and then whacked them all one by one with some fucking ball-peen hammer. And then the only thing I can think of why we're watching this is when they he says that everyone had to sit there and watch their friends die knowing they'd be next. Yeah. That's a bit of foreshadowing. Foreshadowing, yeah. But then Paul goes, the guy doesn't stop there. And I'm like, why? Why not? You already delivered the foreshadowing necessary. Why are you continuing? Um, Like the robber went, got a fire axe, hacked off all the limbs. Bert coughing up marshmallows. And Marcy's like, shut up, Bert. And he's like, you fucking slut. Yeah, Bert's just... What is... I, I don't know. Bert's pretty fucking weird in this movie. Like, his behavior is odd. Yeah, and so uh, um, they also talk about the happy bald guy that would be delivering the shoes at the bowling alley. It looks almost like Eli Roth, but it's actually his older brother, Adam. I was going to say, it's his brother. because You can tell he looks, he looks like Eli. Very like, similar. Yeah. Oh, that's his. Oh, that's his brother Adam. And they're like, and they found his head and bought her, and he was still smiling. Why don't you tell us the story? <laughs> uh, what are you gonna rest on that thing? Come on, Paul, tell them the story. No, I can't. It's it's a traumatic experience. I don't really want to talk about it. I like traumatic stories. I mean, not about me, but 
Paul, trauma bonds people. You can tell us. Trauma bonds with people who go through it, not the people you tell it to. Just tell them the fucking story, All man. right, all right. So there was this bowling alley when we were growing up. Um, you guys might remember it. Lenny Mead's Brighton Bowl. It was in Brighton, right? That's probably why it was called Brighton Bowl, yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, anyway, we used to go there for birthday parties or with my dad for the weekends or whatever. And um, this one time, I asked my dad if we could go. And he's like, no, bowling alley's closed. This marshmallow's so burnt. It turned out there had been a break-in. All the employees were held at gunpoint. And then after they'd been gagged and beaten, they were tied to chairs. Chairs, they were, they were set in a circle. So that way everybody was forced to watch everybody else. And then the robber, this, this sick maniac, he goes and he finds one of those little ball peen hammers. And then one by one, he smashed the backs of their heads open with the hammer. Everyone had to watch their friends die, knowing that they'd soon be next. Guy doesn't stop there. He goes and he breaks out the fire axe. The alarm goes off, he doesn't give a shit. He hacked off all their limbs. The cops found six bloody torsos tied to the bowling seats. Blood everywhere. Turns out the guy was some disgruntled employee. That was my childhood playground. Bert, you asshole, it's not funny. Yes, it is, you fucking slut. Jeff. What? Tell him about the happy bald guy. Oh, God, no, I can't take it. And he, was the, uh, he was the guy who gave us our shoes and quarters for the video games. There was a room with a pool table, too, but my dad wouldn't let us go back there. But the bald guy, he was always happy. He's always smiling, you know? But the killer got him, too. When the cops searched the place, they found all the hacked off limbs at the end of the bowling lanes. The guy had bowled people's organs. Arms, legs, everything. Found the bald guy's head in the ball return. He was still smiling. Oh, no. <laughs> you! I knew you were full of shit. No, you no, suck. No, 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 no. I you swear. Suck. I, it was in the paper, I swear. I think it's a play on the campfire, you know, campfire horror story thing. Yeah. But his his trauma here is that he used to bolt there a couple times. Yeah, like I said, like third degree trauma. Like he wasn't he even a local people. <laughs> Who were involved in the general area. He remembered a guy that was there one time that was killed. Yeah. Yeah. I knew a guy who knew a guy, you know? Yeah. Pretty pretty far removed from the actual tragedy. And that's when Eli Roth shows up as Grimm. <laughs> with just the douchiest fucking chin beard. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's the, I think that's the point, though. Yeah. I think he's supposed to look like a fucking early 2000s tool. Yeah, he's got his dog, Dr. Mambo, and Marcy's like, a, a doctor? Like a physician or a professor? Yeah, he's a professor of being a dog. Ooh, yeah. faced. <laughs> Scratch-moded. <laughs> Obviously, this is a parody of something. Like, Grimm sucks, 
But you know what? I prefer him over Bert. I'd spend time with Grim before I spent one more fucking minute with Bert. Grim's just a trying-too-hard stoner. Yeah, because he's like, hey, that's a positive bonfire. Got room for one more? And they're like, oh, well, it's really not. And he's like, guess I'll smoke all this weed by myself. Pulls out the biggest fucking pack of weed ever. Yep. It's like two fucking pounds of weed. They're like, no, 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 yes, it's a, yeah, come on, come over here. Yeah. And as soon as he sits down next to Karen, Bert whispers to Paul, do you think he's gonna fuck her? Because Bert's an asshole. Bert's terrible. And Grim is a douche, because he's like, my name's Justin, but you can call me Grim. Grim's my skating name. I got it when I was competing in the X Games. You know, because I went to Berkeley. Karen's like, oh, I'm gonna go to Berkeley. People there are weird. They made me drink alcohol for five days. Wait, they made me drink nothing but beer. And Grim's like, yeah, I did that, but with JD. And <laughs> <laughs> like, are people I mean, it, in Berkeley I, like this? <laughs> um, Is Grim representative of Berkeley? <laughs> so, no, but yes. <laughs> nothing that extreme, but there are definitely people I met that were close to that. And there are definitely fraternities and sororities who'll just have you get completely shit-faced for, like, a wheat streak. Well, that's that everywhere, a, though. That's true. That's the nature of frats and sororities. They're, they're so terribly toxic places. I don't know why we keep them around. <laughs> My dad was in a fraternity when he was in college way back in the day. And my mom met him. They both went to school together. She hated <laughs> the fraternity. Yeah. Hated it. It's like, why do you fucking hang out with these people? So, Bert and Jeff, they decide, like, hey, let's do that. Let's only drink beer for the rest of the trip. And they're like, it's a bet, you know. And then it starts to rain, and Grim's like, I got, like, $4,000 worth of shit outside my tent. I'll, I'm gonna go get it. I'll be back in, like, 30 minutes. Never shows up. Never shows up. Because now they're at another fire inside, and Carrot's talking about how she used to masturbate with her parents' shower, shower massager. Her and 99% of every other girl ever. They're, she's like, you can match my disappointment the first time I had sex. And then Bert is like, I'm the biggest asshole in the room, so I'm going to try to one-up your story, Karen. Like, like, Karen, I know masturbating with your parents' share massage is good, but I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, one time I was masturbating, and the dog licked my balls, and then as it was coming, he put his tongue in my ass. And Bert's the only one that thinks that's funny. <laughs> like, God damn it, Bert, no one cares about your beastie action. Yeah. Like, I came while a dog licked my butthole. Okay, whatever, Bert. <laughs> Fuck you, Bert. <laughs> uh, there's a knock at the door, and they're like, oh, hey, it's Grim with the weed. But no, it's Henry the Hermit. And now he has, like, no face. Yeah, it's Henry the Hermit who's literally falling apart. Yeah, he's like, help me, I need a doctor. And then he sees Bert, and he's like, hey, you shot me. And Bert slams the door to no, I'm not letting him in. Like even Jeff's like, hey, we should get this guy a blanket and help him. And like Bert's like, fuck you, no, no. And so Henry tries to steal their truck, and he's coughing blood all over in the the, the truck. And so they run out there with bats and shit and start beating the shit out of Henry. And then the girls come out with I don't know fucking hairspray. And a torch, and they fucking set the dude on fire. <laughs> yeah. And he runs off through the woods screaming. Boy, that escalated quickly. 
I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? Yeah. Guy's like, hey, can you help me? No, beat the shit out of him and set him on fire. In, in their defense, he did try to steal the car. He did cough up blood over the entire inside of the vehicle. They don't know what the hell's going on with this guy. Yeah, but is that a reason to set a dude on fire? I think that was an accident. I think he was trying to keep him at bay with the fire, and the girl just, like, hairsprayed at the right moment. Yes. <laughs> Long moment, whatever, how you want to view it. So everybody is back inside. They're like, that was pretty intense. That was pretty fucked up. They're all having nightmares, except for Jeff. Jeff sleeps soundly. Yeah. Jeff wasn't really involved. <laughs> Jeff was just busy getting pissed off, and they were beating the shit out of his truck. Yeah. And the next morning, we, we see the damage, really, to the, the truck. It's and, pretty fucked. And Jeff and Bert are like, we're going we're, we're, we're gonna to go fix somebody. We're going to find somebody. Paul, you stay and watch the girls. Everyone's fighting. Marcy's wearing, like, the sluttiest low-rise jeans. When she goes, I'm going to go find help. Fuck y'all. And um, it's during here that we see Henry's body floating in the water. Yep. The and, water, which was already gross. Yeah. Is apparently the water supply for the cabin. No filtration system, just a pipe straight into this fucking dirt water. Yeah. And like when Karen turns on the sink, there's fucking floaties in her water. Yeah, usually you go out to like the boonies and a cabin and it has really like fresh water because there's a nice mountain stream or something. Nope, not this fucking place. No, it, it's straight out of dirt lake with dead man in it. They got the worst Airbnb ever. Yeah. And um, we focus a lot on this water. And so Paul's like, hey, Karen, I, I've known you since seventh grade. Can we be girlfriend? And she's like, Paul, we set a man on fire. Now is not <laughs> the time to discuss our relationship status. Yeah. Our Facebook status remains. It's complicated. <laughs> yeah. And um, so she has a good cry and drinks more of the water. Yeah, Getting good, sick. Good, good, good decisions. Then Jeff and Bert, they wander onto some farm and see this very angry woman killing and gutting a hog. Yeah, uh, the hog is not healthy, though. Yeah, yeah, she she starts screaming about how these hogs are sick, she wants her money back. Doug Markita shows up, says it will cut. No, nobody? I don't know. Uh, it's a Forged in Fire is a show where they uh, make swords. Like a, it's oh! like a chopped but with sword making yeah I've and Doug Mercata's a martial artist does all the sword testing and a lot of times they use a pig carcass to test the ah. and then he always like it will cut or it will kill it will kill and then <laughs> so when this the pig that's all I could think of yeah. so when they point out like oh, we're just people renting this cabin and, and trying to we don't know the guy that sold you the hog. She's like, oh, heck, why didn't you boys say that? We'll just call Ricky, get your tow truck. Come on, use my radio. Yeah, she pissed off at this other dude, but now that she knows that they're not <laughs> tied damn it, I guess, yeah, fine. Yeah, <laughs> and on they're like, oh, yeah, this this guy came out of the woods, and we we had to fight our way off of him. He was a hermit. Oh, is it Henry? And they see <laughs> pictures of Henry, like, on her mantle, which apparently was her cousin. But who keeps yeah. a fucking framed 8x10 of their cousin? I think you can uh, read between the lines a little bit there. Oh, yeah, it's her, it's her cousin. Cousin husband. Yep. 
And so they're like, oh, no, it was a uh, somebody else. Uh, where, see you later, ma'am. And they're like, we burned Henry. <laughs> so Marcy gets out of the canoe. I mean, she just canoes across this lake. And the cinematography really focuses on her butt and those little rice jeans. As she walks up to this house and walks around. And then Bert's at this fucking house. You know, some empty house. Bert and Paul pop out. People live here. They're just not there at the moment. Right. Bert's stealing their fucking food. Eating their jerky. Yeah. And they're like, hey, if the cops would have known about this, they'd be at the cabin by now. Cut to the cops knocking on the cabin door. Deputy Winston, who I also hate. Everybody in this movie's terrible. Yeah, what the fuck is this character? Like, is he high? Probably. Because he's like, hey, it looks like you're some pretty good partying, man. You're, you're, you're the party guy. And then, like, when yeah. Karen pops out, it's like, Paul. He's like, oh, you got a lady friend. You like to party with the ladies? He's like, go back inside. Have yourself a big 40. Just party, lady. Like, uh, okay. And <sighs> he's like, this is a major party town, man. You know, like, you know, you're, this is the place where you're going to get pussy. You know, you're the party man. I'm going to make sure you're top priority. I'll get you the tow truck out here as soon as possible. And then he gets on his fucking bicycle and pedals away. <laughs> Doesn't bother to look at the fact that the fucking truck is just, like, drenched in blood. Yeah, he's he just like, wow, you guys had a wild party. <laughs> yeah. Did you get a lot fuck. of pussy? <laughs> uh, more shots of water and uh, fucking Karen drinking water. Yeah, they're not being particularly subtle about uh, what's going on. So Bert and Paul are trying to clean the truck uh, while Karen's sleeping inside. And here comes Dr. Mambo, and he's fucking mean. Yeah, Dr. Mambo's pissed about something. So when they made this movie, the first dog they had, the one that Eli Roth walks up, uh-huh. th- th- the first Dr. Mambo, yeah. is actually some like famous dog that was in some TV series a hundred years ago. Eli Roth is like, wow, it's going to be so good. We get to work with this dog that was in uh, these shows. and But the dog was all like fucking... 30 years old and arthritic and <laughs> so they got this uh disgraced police dog that nobody could be in any shot with because it was just evil dog this sounds like an eli roth movie yeah it's like ooh, i want this like fucking hipster hipster dog yeah like it's a dog from fucking Gunsmoke, man <laughs> but it was like this old dying arthritic dog yeah same dog that was in a tv show but that's such like a Tarantino thing to do. Well, they are like besties. <laughs> I know. They obviously they share a uh, a love of hipster shit. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. Fucking, I'm gonna dig Tintin up from the fucking pet cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna bury him in the pet cemetery. We're gonna dig up the bones of a famous dog and get a puppeteer and. <laughs> Do some taxidermy, find that guy from the Tales from the Crypt episode. Yeah. So they got to just keep Dr. Mambo away with the gun while they clean the, the truck. And um, Paul decides to just go hang out in the bed with Karen. Well, he goes in there and Karen, like, tells him to stay. Which is fine. But then she's asleep and he wakes up and um, we get this horrible non-consensual scene. Yeah, she's not exactly um, lucid. 
she's not lucid. She's asleep. She's got a fever. She's sick. And he's like, well, I'm going to start feeling her up. You know, he grabs her breasts and then he moves his hand down south and it sounds squishy. Yeah. Uh, the, the captions actually say squelching. <laughs> and I guess he doesn't know what a vagina feels like because he's just fingering this infected wound on her thigh. Yeah. Because when he pulls his hand out, it's on the fingertips. It's not on his hand. Yeah. Like, like if he was doing things right, it'd have been all over the side of his hand. But no, it's all over his yeah. fingertips. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, make, didn't draw those together. That's pretty fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's so squelchy. <laughs> yeah, that's very squelchy. And he just leaves her. He doesn't wake her up and go, Karen, what's wrong? Your your thigh is fucking gaping wound. He just, like, covers her back up and leaves. <laughs> and is that, like, everybody, everybody, Karen's sick. And so they uh they, they start checking each other for sores before they decide to quarantine Karen outside in the cold in a shed. Yeah. Makes no sense. I mean, she's already infected this whole room. Just leave her in this room. Yeah, that's a good point. But no, they're going to drag her out into this shed and she's <laughs> like, you're going to let me die alone. What about that fucking dog? And they're like, no, no, we, we will keep watch. We'll protect you. And then they all go back inside right away. Yeah. Marcy stops to deliver some food to Karen, and Karen's like, fuck you, smoking a cigarette. Paul continues to be a piece of crap as he goes back to that house that they were at earlier. Only the people are home now, and he just stands there spying on this naked woman until the husband comes out with a shotgun and is like, get the fuck away. Yeah. You know, like, Paul's pretty toxic. Yeah, Paul's got some issues. So they're all angry and fighting around the fire again. Brett drinks water, he loses the bet, and gets sick, apparently. <laughs> yeah, he's fucked now, too. Dr. Mambo's out there trying to get into the shed to eat Karen, and they gotta scare him off. And Karen's just not, she's just blood-soaked. She's rotten on this fucking mattress in the cold. Yeah, I mean, we know what's, hap what's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. Bert's getting sick, he's coughing up blood, he's got a little rash on his belly. Um, They try to get Karen in the car, and yeah. she just... She pulls a Henry the Hermit. <laughs> yeah, just everywhere. Just vomits blood everywhere. So they're like, ah, we're not going to take her. Bert's like, ah, fuck y'all. I'm going to go do stuff. Drives off. Uh, Jeff decides the same thing. He he takes all of this beer and he says, fuck y'all. And he's actually, he's got a mask on. He's holding the, the cloth over his face. Yep. He's smart. He's like, I'm going to social distance. And he's got the beer. Like, yeah. He's Depression just happens. Just guesses. I don't know. He's slicking to subsist on the beer. I am going to go COVID isolate in the forest here. And so it's just Paul and Marcy. They, they You know, Karen's rotting away in the shed and they don't care. Right. Because Marcy gives this plane crash speech. She's like, it's like being on a plane when you know it's going to crash and you just want to fuck the person next to you. And so they do. They do the, exactly that. They fuck the shit out of each other. I mean, that's that's fair. Well, yeah, interesting. Right? I mean, it's an interesting analogy. Interesting thing when they were auditioning that role, that was the the part that they had for the actresses to read. You know, oh, it's a plane crash, and you know the plane's gonna crash. Those auditions happened on nine eleven. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> that's that's bad timing. Yeah, bad timing. But anyway, Marcy's got this disease, as we see by the red marks left by Paul. Yeah. He says something about, like, should we use condoms? And she's like, no, we shouldn't. 
And right. I, he Listerines his dick after they have sex. Very rude. Incredibly rude. And so a lot of so, that. Go it's ahead. like, well, if you think she's that gross, like, why would you even do it? Like, if you're. Oh, but because Karen's dead and he's still horny. I don't know. And actually, Karen's not dead yet, but. I mean, no sexy times will be happening. Yeah. And so everyone on, like, IMDb is like, oh, this is how Paul got the disease, through unprotected sex. I'm like, I disagree. Condoms are no fucking and kissing somebody, you know, it's going to spread a disease. Or, you know, holding the person vomiting blood all over you. Yeah. Um, or, or perhaps falling into the fucking water. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. But meanwhile, we got Bert arriving at the general store. And we see the do not sit next to Dennis sign. Which I appreciate's there. This scene, though, the actual fuck. Pancakes! Hello? Somebody help! Hello? What the hell happened to you? Uh, my friend, she's sick. You don't look so good. I know. There, just, there's this disease. I, I, I think all my friends are getting it. And, did you just know where a hospital is around or something? Yeah. Stay right there. Don't come any closer. I'll get a doctor. Thanks. Pancakes! Pancakes! No pancakes. Pancakes! No pancakes! <laughs> And I guess Dennis knows that it's tainted blood because you see his eyes go wide. Yeah. And he runs back to his dad crying. Like, I just drank tainted blood. So, yeah, what's the deal with this fucking scene? Because, like, obviously, okay, the kid's somewhere on the spectrum. Cool, it's fine, whatever. But but what made Eli Roth, you know what would be a fun scene? We have this kid randomly yell pancakes, do some <laughs> fucking ninja shit, and then fight dirt. What the fuck? They made that scene up that day because the kid actually does taekwondo. <laughs> the kid just wanted to, to do some fun shit. And Eli Roth saw the kid doing like his kicking and stuff, and he's like, hey, let's do this and let's put this in the movie. Let's come up with a reason for you to jump up and do a, a, a kickflip and then bite him. I, <sighs> I don't know where pancakes comes from, though. Maybe it's an inside joke. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? And Bert's all like, fuck pancakes! And he takes off and... Shopkeeper gets his boys. They're like, they're a bunch of sick kids out in the woods, and they got Dennis sick. We're gonna go kill them all. And he goes, get the. We need the kit or whatever, which I want to discuss in a minute because. Yeah, yeah. I never really got that. Yeah, nobody did because it just it's there. The big tall shaved head dude, the beard carries it around, but it, it, like it's a fucking religious relic. Yeah. And then nothing comes of it. Yeah. We don't even know what's inside of it. Nobody opens it. So uh, Paul goes walking around and he sees Henry in the water supply. 
he can't just accept that, like, oh, look, there's a dead, burned body in the water supply. <laughs> He's got to climb down and poke him with a stick. In the, in the remake, uh, somehow fucking Henry survives and fights him here. Oh, I have not seen the remake. I got to see the remake. I haven't either. I was reading the synopsis of it. It follows the movie, like, nearly beat for beat until, like, the last third of the movie. In which case, they do some really bizarre alterations like that one. Yeah, he just falls right into the water, so now he's super infected. He He's fucked. But sure, tell me again how he got this disease from unprotected sex. Uh, and look, baby. maybe he did, but we'll never know, because he just literally face-planted into disease corpse-ridden water. Yeah, and then he also sees that it's the reservoir, that it's where oh. their water comes from. Meanwhile, Marcy, her back has fallen apart, Yep, and she's like, oh, well... I guess I'll shave my legs. Yeah, I don't know what her... Uh, obviously, she's just like, when I die, I want my legs to be smooth. Yeah, but then um, she starts just peeling off skin and keeps going. She makes quite a few passes before she realizes, like, oh, I just removed all of my leg skin. It seems like you don't know. It's not painful. Yeah, that that's the interesting thing about this, right? Like, they don't like a lot of times you don't even start to notice. It's like you get a, like a fever. Oh, I feel sick, but like she can shave her legs and the skin's just coming off, and she doesn't seem to feel it. Yeah. So, um, interesting thing. So the the makeup effects in this are done by Robert Kurtzman, who's one of the greats. He's up there with Savini. Um, it is very. They are very good effects. We have a movie that he does the effects for next week where I've written the entire like paragraph. So we'll, we'll, we'll delve more into him. But one of the good things he does is this scene here with the legs. Um, because the way that it was originally is that they had these fake legs. But the, the fake legs got damaged in shipping. Uh. And they're like, well, what are we going to do? We got to shoot the scene now. And Kurtzman's like, oh, hey, I fucking gotcha. Just... Ad lib makeup on this leg, put the shaving cream, you know, and it looks great. Yeah, obviously very talented. Yeah, made it up on the spot. But then Marcy is a further idiot because she she steps out of the cabin screaming, and she sees Doctor Mambo. Does she take the three steps back into the cabin and safety? No, no. She runs across the fucking woods to the shed, struggling to get in, and the dog tears her to fucking shreds. There are chunks of Marcy all about the yard. It's like she exploded. <laughs> yeah, well, it, you know, I mean, uh, her 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 skin strength was not particularly good at this point. Yeah, well, no, neither was her muscle or bone either. Or anything, yeah. Well, so Paul runs yeah. through the chunks of Marcy to the shed, and Dr. Mambo is just eating what's left of Karen. Yeah. He manages to kill Dr. Mambo with the, uh, the gun at the last second. The whatever the Schrodinger's gun of whatever it needs to be yeah. seen, and so uh, Karen's whole face is gone. She's just a skeleton face now, and she's like, "Ha ha ha!" Yeah, she's still alive somehow, which is pretty miserable. So, so Paul does the good boyfriend thing and puts her down with a fucking shovel. In the remake, uh, he can't do it, so he just lights the whole shed on fire. <laughs> that makes more sense, though, actually. <laughs> <laughs> just burn it down <laughs> cleanse it with fire so uh, Bird, Bird's his, his wannabe girlfriend alive 
Paul comes back and Brett's showing up at the cabin. Why did Brett go back to the cabin? Uh, a good question. Yeah, like, why didn't he just keep driving further on the, the highway? Instead of turning around, getting broke down in the woods and walking to the cabin? And the guys from the store show up and, uh, they kill Bert, but then Paul goes action hero and kills the rest of them. <laughs> kills all three of them. Like, <clears throat> yeah, so... You get the guy comes up with a shotgun, blows blows Bert away, but then Paul fucking hits him in the head. That guy with the shotgun shoots the 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 one Dennis's dad in the gut. Yeah, and he starts crawling off, kills the other two guys, and then just walks down and brutally impales the stick. Yeah, impales Dennis's dad with a fucking stick. And then Paul just runs off in the woods screaming, Don't drink the water! He's trying to let Jeff know wherever the fuck Jeff is. Don't yeah. drink the water. Um, he, he tries this cave where he's like, maybe Jeff's in the cave. Uh, no, Grim is in the cave in two pieces. Yeah, we don't really know what happened there. Yeah, Dr. I'm Mambo happened. Doctor, I would say Dr. Mambo turned on him. Yeah. That's its own movie completely. <laughs> Dr. Mambo's point of view. Yeah, the the movie from Dr. Mambo's point of view starts, they go back and he just goes ape shit, tears Grim to pieces, and then starts stalking these kids dying of disease. A good 90 minute suspense of just Grim and Dr. Mambo in this cave, just this like thriller. St staring at each other. It's gonna be it's like like, uh, like the fucking like open water, open water, but with the fucking dog. <laughs> or it's the lighthouse. <laughs> it's just a deep that, drama know. with all of this dialogue. Him and Doctor Mambo just like really just working it out and going insane. Yeah, we should do that. That that's, that that movie needs to be done. <laughs> that does. So anyway, Paul takes the the guy's truck the, from the the people that he murdered. Yeah. Goes driving out on the road and hits this fucking deer. I mean, why is this scene even in the movie? Yes, if you're driving in the backwoods and somewhere, yeah, people hit deer all the time. Yeah, and the, it, it asks, but why is this in the movie? Deer's legs are through the windshield, just kicking about, hitting the horn, kicking Paul in the face. Paul happens to find an extra shotgun in this truck. Puts the uh, puts the she uh, the deer out of its misery so the truck dies so he wanders through the woods and he covered comes in blood. yeah covered in blood comes up to this mild ass party this high school drinking party some fucking prats playing <laughs> guitar and singing fuck knows fucking kumbaya uh, yeah um deputy winston is there giving this beer to high school girls saying you've got sexy hair you got yeah. sexy shoes my God, and Paul shows up, and he's like, what happened to the tow truck, Winston? And he's like, oh, shit, party guy. Oh, man, uh, the tow truck broke down. I had to get another tow truck to get that tow truck. Uh, do you need a ride? I mean, the real answer is he was fucking high and forgot. <laughs> yeah. And then he, um, he gets a call on the radio. He's like, yeah, I'm still out in the woods looking for that underage drinking party. <laughs> still looking. <laughs> And they're like, forget that. There's these kids in a cabin going on a killing spree, and they've got the flesh-eating disease. Shoot them on sight. And Paul decides to just go around vomiting blood on everybody. Yep. Um, 
Somebody gets knocked in the face with a guitar and swallows a harmonica. Yep, that's something that happens in the scene. And Winston's like, you fucked up the party, man. And Paul just knocks Winston out, goes, party's over. Yeah. And he runs out into the streets waving for help. Finally, a semi stops and picks him up and just, like, tosses him in front of the hospital. Where, did you notice his hallucination in the hospital? Uh, not specifically. He hallucinates this rabbit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you notice what the rabbit's doing? No. It's feeding a woman pancakes. What the fuck is the pancake? I don't know. This has got to be some sort of in-joke. And the sheriff's like, okay, tell us about this disease. And the doctors are like, yeah, we can't treat this. Somebody's got to take him over to this other hospital. And guess who they get to take him to that hospital? Deputy dipshit. Deputy dipshit there. Wilson's like, hey, party man waking up. Guess the party ain't over. Well, that's going on. It's the next morning, and an incredibly hungover Jeff crawls out of some fucking barn. <laughs> yeah. Just... And guess what bright idea he has? To go back to the cabin. To go back to the fucking cabin. And, and he's seeing all the carnage, all the dead bodies about. But then he's like, I lived! I made it! I followed the proper pandemic protocols! Yes. And then the cops... And then, yeah, the cops just... They shoot him a million times. Because we can't have any survivors in this movie. Yeah, and then they pile up all the bodies and set them on fire. Uh, Paul's dead in the stream by this point. I, I guess Deputy Wilson killed him? Technically not dead based on what happens in the sequel, but... We'll leave it at that. Yeah, some kids go down to the stream and start filling up their cooler. Yep. And they're making lemonade out of this disease water. Paul's the... body is like two feet down from where they're getting the water from. And um, the shitty old shopkeeper's like, oh, the little kids with the lemonade. And then these black gangsters show up. Right. And, um, this is ma- the joke. They've been setting up the entire movie. Yeah, he runs inside, gets this rifle. And he's like, here you go, all polished up and brand new. What's up, my inward? Yeah. And they're, they're doing like, They're like giving him, you know, handshakes and, you know, all that shit. They're, all, they're friends. Like, they, they're homies. Yeah. I hated it. It's like, oh, that, they set that, that's the whole joke they set up <laughs> earlier in the movie. Yeah. And then we end with a bunch of fucking hicks out in front of the store having a hoedown. And then a a water truck drives away. Yes, that plays in much more in um, the the sequel, which is directed by Ty West. Yeah, I know. We'll be doing some Ty West movies before too long. We're doing at least one before the year ends. Sequel sounds like ass. It is. It, It very much is. The prequel also sounds like ass. Yep. The remake also sounds like ass. Yep. Cabin Fever is not very good coffee. I enjoyed it in a early 2000s horror movie kind of way. Um, have I ever discussed with have I have I talked about how I feel the word world went through like the super edgelord phase? Oh yeah. From like 1999 to like 2005. Yeah, uh, everything I, had to be grim, dark, and edgy, and adult, and violence. You see it in the comic book, shit like uh, Invincible and The Boys. You see, and, and Ultimatum. Let's not even talk about Ultimatum. Uh, 
you see it in pro wrestling with the attitude era you see it in the movies where now you got horror movies that are just all like hyper nihilistic nobody ever survives yeah so this whole the whole music like the new metal era of music where everyone thinks they have to be super macho and badass like i don't know why the world decided it collectively needed to go through an edgelord phase at the same time but woodstock uh, 99 Yep, what's stock ninety nine? That's yeah, that's that's uh, that's you know that's the era this came from. And so, if you do that, it's like okay, it was kind of fun for a you know, edge lord era piece of horror film. Like okay, it's it's fine. It's got its moments. It's got good practical effects. Yeah, great practical effects because it's Robert Kurtzman. Yeah, which as I said, we'll be talking about him more next week. The characters are kind of. Awful. A, a mixed bag of what the fuck is going on. Like, I hated Marcy in the beginning, but by the time, like, the middle of the movie happened, I'm like, she actually is not that bad. Paul is, well, he is. Paul starts okay, although kind of incelly, but then he just turns awful. Yeah, he kind of gets psycho by the end of the. Karen is a, a wall, is like a blank wall. She has no real personality and does nothing other than just get sick and die. Yeah, Jeff is awful. Jeff is the is Euro trash, but and then Bert, like, and then there's Bert and Deputy Winston. Oh, Deputy Winston sucks. He's also in the sequel. So yeah, there's it's it's an early ninety early two thousands horror film. I mean, so you know, it's 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 the Eli Roth era of horror films, and like you know, you you can see that with the movies he did around this time. Like if you you know, Hostel Part Two is in two thousand seven, Hostel is in two thousand five. So by two thousand five, I feel like this style was like on the downtrend, but you still have some of his shit from later. Yeah, because you still get that a bit in uh, Green Inferno. But at least Hostel has a has survivor. Uh, Green Inferno has a survivor. Like that starts to go away. Like this whole, this whole uh, like everybody has to die. The Final Destination sort of style shit. Yeah, which I complained about when we did Final Destination three. Um, is oh, it's yeah. it's just part of that Edge Lord era of. When do we do Final Destination one? Yeah. I mean, like I, I, I made the argument, of course, the Final Destination one. At least it was kind of like a unique idea. But by the third one, it's like, why am I even getting invested in these characters? And I'm kind of the same way with this. I'm like, there's no way anybody's surviving this. I'm watching an Eli Roth movie from 2002, and it's a flesh eating virus. Like, how the fuck is anybody surviving this? I guess Paul technically does, but then it gets obliterated in the first like five minutes in the sequel. Where I put this with coffee is like, okay, it's good coffee. But the coffee shop you're drinking it at is terrible. We got their water from fucking cabin fever. Yeah. But no, it's like some dirty place. Like the, the table feels all greasy. There's just the smell of sewage. And they're like, oh, hey, we can't do anything about that. Guy's coming. And so you're just sitting in the nastiest fucking coffee shop. But the coffee's okay. Yeah. It's definitely got the issues that... It- that Eli Roth movies, at least up until Green Inferno, I don't think I've watched any of the others. No, I haven't. Though we'll be seeing, I'll be seeing Thanksgiving shortly. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Not next week. I'm watching Marvels next weekend. Yeah. When is this out? November seventeenth. So. So, uh, week after next. 
Yeah. Well, I'll be seeing this soon. Uh, we might do a, a a quick bonus on it then, even though I already know that I, that's going to be on the schedule for next November. I haven't written the schedule that far. I just know that we're. Just, how many fucking Thanksgiving movies can you do? Right. Speaking of yeah, which, next week is Thanksgiving movies. Yes. Yeah, fall. Fall break. Fall break. We're doing the Mutilator, aka Fall Break, and then another go. movie. <laughs> so, anything else on Cabin Fever? I wish, because I actually like Eli Roth when I've seen him in movies and stuff. I wish his movies were a little bit less juvenile. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It, this movie, it's not as bad as some in terms of tonal inconsistency. You can tell what his inspirations are, like Evil Dead and shit, and those have always kind of towed the line between comedy and, and horror. I don't think he found exactly the right balance here, um, but it's not as bad as some movies who really don't know what like, uh, I complained about with uh, Friday the 13th Part 5, which really didn't know what it wanted to be. This is supposed to be a black comedy, but it doesn't quite hit the marks. No, it doesn't. So it's a little bit, it's a little, it's a little off. I think that's, that's it. It's, it's, it's okay. Like six and a half out of ten, if I'm going to give it a, like a real rating. I think it's about where it is. It's fine. I didn't hate it. It's only an hour and a half. I didn't, you know. It's okay. Um, I remember I really liked it when it came out, and I had it on DVD. But rewatching it, I was like, "Oh, this is." I've grown, but this movie hasn't. It, it it's one of those movies that has not really aged well. But you also know that it is an accurate because we're of the age to have been it college kids in two thousand two, two thousand three. Yeah, when this came out, so we know. This is how kids that age acted and sounded at the time. Yeah. Uh, so it is a time capsule that very much reflects its age. It's not a good thing. No, it, has it not was not a good well. era. <laughs> no, it has not aged well, but at least you can kind of look at it and go, well, that's what it was at the time. All right. So that's Cabin Fever. That's another one for the books. Episode 80.5 down. Yep. Another Eli Roth film down. Well, I'm sure we'll be returning to that at some point. At some point. Maybe another year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> we will catch you next time for Mutilator, everybody. Good night. Good night.